Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone. Breaking It Down, Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Carmine Apice, legendary drummer, musician, writer, a little bit of everything, uh, has a new album out. We're going to talk about that. And everybody uh, that you can imagine is on this album, and uh, and from Brian May, Queen, uh, Bumblefoot, and uh, all, just all names, uh, household names that you can imagine. Carmine Apice, welcome. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing so the album, yeah. the, good. The album we're talking about is Carmine Apice's Guitar Zeus, and this is the first time it's been properly released in America, where I've tried a couple of times before, but uh, one time the label went out of business, and Next time, the label didn't do nothing, you know. So basically, you know, I wanted to release it, release it properly. So when you go on Spotify and put in Carmine Apice Guitars, there'll be 33 tracks wow. with all different guitar players on it. And it goes from the, the ones you mentioned, uh, Bumblefoot and Brian May, then you got Slash, Richie Sambora, and Neil Sean, T- Ted Nugent, Dweezil Zappa, Zach Wilde, Mick Mars, wow. um, Elliot Easton, um, Warren Martini from Rat. Uh, there's just so many I can't remember. I even got Steven Seagal and uh, John McEnroe playing on this album, and uh, it's, it's it was really a, an amazing thing for me to do. I did it in, in 1995 and 97, and but it still sounds like today because I think it was really a bit ahead of its time, you know? And, uh, you know, then today, Billboard.com, we we, uh, just released the lyric video to go with the track for Bumblefoot, which is called Mother Space. And, uh, you know, so, so far, so good. Everything's going well. Well, listen, congratulations on that. I mean, that's a, it's, it's a massive project, but I guess it's been done for a while. I mean, how long would you have considered it uh, being ready to go? You said it was going to release one time before and you had to leave. Well, well, it was a release. Yeah, it was released in 1995 and 97 all around the world, like in Japan and Europe. And it did great. I had two versions, number guitars, one guitars, two, those things, those two sold about 150,000 units around the world everywhere, but here. Okay. And then I never really, really released it here in those days. Uh, and then I did a Katazu's Japan with all Japanese guitar players, Katazu's Korea. And when you add the sales of those, you know, it's like 175,000 units around the world, yeah. you know, which is great, you know. And then I tried to get it out here in 2005, and the label I, I got on it, you know, they they released it and then they went out of business and they, they, all they did was put it up on, uh, on YouTube. So it was up on YouTube, but no, with no promotion. So nobody knows about it, you know? And then, uh, in 2009, I released a double album of guitars, one and two, and they just released it and put it up on YouTube and stuff. And again, no promotion. So nobody really knew about it. And, and then, the guy I'm working with with Primary Wave who does a lot of all the social media, you know, I was going to go out and get a catalog deal for a couple of things, including King Cobra and, and Guitarsers, and he told me not to give away the digital rights for King Cobra and Guitarsers because iTunes is going to close down and the only thing that's going to be worth money is the digital rights. 
you know? Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. So, so we released it on my own label digitally and, and on my own label, you know, physically as well, which we're doing CDs and, and we're doing vinyl, you know? So the good thing is now that I'm in control of it, I'm actually got people that's promoting it. I got Ann Layton doing regular promo. Then I have uh, this guy Muncie. He's doing radio, radio, yeah, uh, like Ritchie. heavy metal radio. Yeah, Muncie. Yeah, Ritchie. Muncie's doing right. And you know, I just did uh, yesterday. I did a whole bunch of interviews for him. He's getting airplay, which got me on the college charts, airplay charts, and the heavy metal airplay charts. And then I got uh, a guy from. Uh, Nashville, who works uh, like Rhino Records radio promotion, he's got me doing some national radio things on uh, on Monday of next week, and uh, and then Ann Layton's still continuing, and then I have the the social media being done by Primary Wave. So now I'm giving it a push. Now yeah. people are knowing about it, you know. Yeah, well, I and mean, it's it's, a, it's a really great record. It's one of the great records I've ever done. You know. Uh, listen, that's saying a lot. I mean, the amount of records that you've done, your resume is a mile long. Let me remind folks that are just tuning in or just turning on their radios. Frank McKay here with Carmine a piece, and we're talking about Guitar Seuss, and uh, it's a massive uh, uh, project that was released everywhere but here until recently, and now it's getting rave reviews all over the place. And again, everyone from Brian May... Uh, of of Queen to like like we said Bumblefoot uh, just recently John McEnroe has a track on there and uh, Steven Seagal see you should be able to get some uh, crossover press with that I mean those you know those guys how often do you hear about them being released Well I know I, I know and yeah you know, when, when we did it uh, uh, I did the Fallon show with Vanilla Fudge a few years ago and and um, McEnroe was on there and he said Hey how's that album come out I said, well, it hasn't really come out here yet, but I'm working on it, you know. But he yeah, he played rhythm guitar. And, uh, you know, there's names I'm forgetting because there's so many tracks. You know, there's Ty Tabor and Doug Pinnock. There's Edgar Winters on it. Um, there's, um, I'm trying to remember, Vivian Campbell from Def Leppard. Wow. Pat Travers, you know, there's so many great guitar players. And like I said, there's 33 tracks. The only... The only ones that were doubles were uh, Ty Tabor, Neil Sean, and Ted Nugent. So that's three new tracks. I even got a couple of the Japanese guys on it because the songs were so good, you know. And uh, I got John Norum from Europe. He He's on a track that was never released here. There's five new tracks that were never released, you know, like uh, on the albums that were, were released here. And... Uh, and the Bumblefoot track was a brand new track that I didn't even know it was fin- not finished. I got the 24 track tape and I transferred it to Pro Tools, listened to it. And I said, wow, everything's here except the solo. Cause you know, we would do the solo. Uh, we would do the tracks with me, Tony Franklin and Kelly Keeling, who's uh, Kelly is a co-writer and singer of everything with me. And, uh, he's a great talent. And Tony Franklin who played with me in blue murder is my ba- my favorite bass player. Yeah. You know, so we played with him, and and then once we finish the track and we say, hey, I think Brian May, this would be a good one for Brian, or this is a good one for Ingve. We got Ingve on there too. Ingve sings a song, uh, does a song with Doug Pinnock from King's X vocalist. He's on that, and then uh, Mick Mars does a track with. He wanted to play with Edgar Winter, so Mick Mars and Edgar Winter on a certain track. You know, 
So it was a really cool combination. I even got Bob Daisley from Ozzy's band and Rainbow playing a bass track on one track. I, this is know? unbelievable. I mean, it's it's an unbelievable yeah. lineup. Uh, you mentioned Ty Tabor and uh, and you know from and and Pinnick from King's X. All these bands that you've mentioned, they all have different followings. You know, the, the same people aren't listening to to Brian May that listen to uh, that listen to Tabor and and uh, uh-huh. you know all you know, John Norum has a whole different following. I mean, if everyone just got together and, and a little percentage of those people that are into everything that those guys do pick up the record, I mean, you're going to have a hit on your hands and a, a huge. Well, I mean, it, yeah, and it's also you know like uh, we're doing pledge music, you know which uh, has a playlist of, uh, of different uh, guitar compilations like Steve Vai and all that. We're going to go after those, those markets, and we're doing also uh, merch now, and yeah. plus it's on Amazon. You know, so we're covering all the platforms. You know? the, the hardest hit thing is going to be the mom and pop stores. I got a company called Baker & Taylor that service those kind of stores, as well as Amazon, you know. So we're pretty much trying to service every way you can buy records today, you know, I, well, listen, which I never had. I, I never had this for this album, you know, well, it's going to be vinyl. We're doing vinyl too, you know? Yeah. Vinyl is getting hot again. I know it's a cliche, but I mean, vinyl is well, it's come, well, it's coming back. I mean, it's, it's getting, it's getting, coming back, but I mean, it's never going to be like it was. I no. mean, you know, when I was with Rod Stewart and people like that and Blue Murder and I used to sell Rod Stewart used to sell five million vinyls and tapes. Yeah, you know. So I mean, now today, if you sell seventy five thousand vinyls, that's huge. It's humongous. You know. So it's not like it was. Nothing is like it was. The whole business is totally different. No, Napster you know? screwed everything everything up for the artists. Yeah, that's yeah. Sure. I mean, but I mean, you know, vinyls used to cost seven ninety eight, seven you know, eight dollars, nine dollars. Now you go buy vinyl, it's $22, dollars Yeah. You know? Yeah, so it's totally different. That's why you may you know, it may almost make the same amount of money, but in order to sell five hundred thousand dollars worth of vinyls, you have to sell a hundred you know, hundred and fifty thousand instead of five hundred thousand, you know. You know, I, I'm impressed with the logistics of all of this. And and if you're just joining us, you're hearing the voice of Carmine Apiece, legendary drummer, Carmine Apiece. And uh, Katarzus is uh, the project we're talking about. The the album, everybody go out and get it. And uh, it, it, you know, if you're a fan of uh, King's X or or Brian May or Vivian Campbell, uh, it, it is something for Ingve. Uh, you just threw me for a loop there. That Ingve is on. Yeah, this. yeah, Ingve too. Yeah. I, I mean, these Steve guys. Moore. How about how about Steve Morse? Yeah, I, I've always loved yeah, Steve Morse ever since the Dregs. I've loved. Yeah, Steve me too. Well, you know what's interesting about this? Let me tell you the, the, the really the interesting thing. I did this in 95, 97. In those days, grunge was king. Yeah. Right? And all of us guys were like dinosaurs. No, nobody wanted to hear about us. They were, all I kept hearing about was Nirvana and, and you know, Stone, Stone Temple Pilots and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and all that. So the music itself is sort of like Blue Murder meets Soundgarden meets the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the music sounds like. And then, you know, I decided to do the songs and leave everything on there, but the guitar solos. And then I brought my friends in. So all these guys, Brian May wasn't playing with Queen. Queen. Neil Sean was not playing with Journey. 
Dweezil Zappa was just Frank's son. He wasn't doing Zappa versus Zappa plays Zappa. You know, Steve Morse just joined uh, Deep Purple, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. Zach Wilde was a sideman to Ozzy. It wasn't, he wasn't a solo artist. Now all the guys on this record are big again. Yeah. You know, so this is the perfect time to release this. And that's why my, my guy at Primary Wave said, guy Robert said, you know, you should release this now because everybody's huge again. You know, when they released it back in the day, you know, they weren't huge. Yeah, they were still big in Europe and everything, but in everything, everywhere was grunge. Yeah. It's grunge, grunge, grunge everywhere, you know? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, that was a time period. It was a dark period for, for metal and uh, and everything. Uh, you know, again, it was just a wave. Yes. You know, yeah, it's just for, for rock, for hard rock, you know? And, it's, and the hard rock has taken a dive since, except for classic rock, has become huge. And now Queen with the movie, they're, they're huge again. They get more airplay than Led Zeppelin now. You're right. I mean, they're all over the place. I mean, I was listening to music, yeah. uh, it, you know, on about an hour drive, and I was just uh, had it on scan, and y you have no idea how much Queen I, I heard in an hour. Yeah, and I and I talked to Brian May, you know, like when the album when that movie came out, I wished him luck, and he and he and he was so blessed. He said, "Man, I'm so blessed to have a second shot at my career again," you know, because I remember talking to Brian in the mid '90s, watching Aerosmith when he wasn't playing with anybody. And I was doing this record. He was saying, "Oh man, I really miss playing. I really love to get back to playing again." Now, and he became a doctor of astrology. You know, he's an astronomer. He wrote an amazing book with two other astrologers about the birth of the universe. You know, pretty amazing. But you know, now I said to him, "Wow, it looks like you you got your wish. You got a second career really going, and better than ever. You got a residency in, in Vegas with a new singer. You got." A movie, you got world tours. I played with them two years ago at a festival in Sweden with Vanilla Fudge and and and, uh, and then played the same thing. I couldn't get to see him because we were on just before them. By the time we got on, got off, they were already on. And when they got off, they just left, you know, so I didn't get to see him. I told him that and he said, yeah, I've been blessed. He said, I told him I'm going to re-release the, the Catarsis again. And he said, well, good luck, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's you know it's interesting that I, first of all Brian May is a brilliant guy. I mean inside music and outside. He's a good I mean, guy. Yeah, good guy. Very but good guy. Brilliant guy. I, it, but you mentioned something interesting. You know that he's you know he's happy he's getting a chance to play again. Uh, you've never stopped playing, right? I mean you've you've been playing straight through. I mean whether it was uh, you know I mean well yeah grunge. except except in except in the nineties when the grunge was in it was it was you couldn't play gigs here and make money. You know, you were still doing I, clinics, I, right? I, I, but I went to Japan to play. I, I spent like the whole, the whole decade almost in Japan. The last time I played in Japan, 1999, I played the Budokan with uh, Tim Bogut and a big name guy named Cha, who's on the record. He's a Jeff Beck of Japan. We played the Budokan. It was Cha Bogut in a piece, and and Cha mentioned the last time I was I saw this combination on the stage. Jeff Beck was standing where I was, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then plus we did other gigs. We did 12,000 people in Tokyo. Or we did, you know, we probably played in front of, you know, 60, 70,000 people in, in Japan in that, that year, you know? And I was in another group called Pearl, which was a local, like a 
domestic band, and me and Tony Franklin were in that, and we played on TV shows with 50 million people watching us. Our album came out, broke in the charts at number seven. We got a gold record over there, you know? And Blue Murder was big there, so I spent the whole decade in Japan, pretty much, and did odd things over here, uh, but mostly, like you said, I did clinics over here, you know? Well, let me... Again, and I did play the early years, I'm sorry, I played the early years in... Um, in America with, with Edgar Winter. Yeah. Well, but the pay wasn't good. And I had to, you know, uh, I'm doing speaking gigs now, talking about how I became opportunistic, you know, in the business by taking a gig like with Edgar that paid $400, doing a master class that paid 750 and then selling merch mm-hmm. and turning the 400 a day into 1500 a day. Working five, six days a week and, and, making a good a good amount of money while I was on the world with Edgar because he paid all the expenses. I didn't have to pay for any expenses to go into a town. I was already there. So it was just a matter of booking these shows and selling merch and getting the fee from Edgar. And you know, I turned $400 a, a, a night into 15 to $1,600 a night, you know, which is good money. Yeah, you're not kidding. I, listen, let me remind folks once again, Carmine Apiece, the great drummer, legendary drummer, <sighs> And you know his work from uh, Beck Bogart and uh, a piece, Vanilla Fudge, of course, Blue Murder, Cactus, uh, uh, Rod Stewart, every, King Cobra. I mean, just goes on and on. And Ozzy. On. Ozzy. Jesus, right. Ozzy. Uh, you know, this guy has had a resume, uh, uh, has a resume a mile long. He's always been working. It's amazing. You, you spend the uh, the decade of the 90s in in. Uh, in Japan, and and you're you're playing in front of that amount of people. I mean, the Budokan and everything else. Frank McKay here with Carmine a piece. Uh, let me let me ask you about uh, the idea of uh, of these speaking gigs. And I heard that you were doing this. H- how many are you doing a year? And and do you like it? Do you enjoy doing? I, I'm this? just starting. I'm just starting. Actually, I did some a uh, couple of years ago for, for the School of Rock. But yeah, the hard thing to do is finding someone to book them. You know. Yeah, I got friends of mine. I just listened to a couple of friends of mine that do that, and they were lucky. They they had, you know, they were doing drum clinics, and somebody came to the drum clinic and said, "Oh, my kids are at the drum clinic, but I'm a CEO at a corporation. It sounds like fun. Could can you talk in, you know, at my uh, convention?" And they did that, and then somebody else saw them, and it was like a domino effect. I never was lucky like that to do that, you know, to get it done. I had to work for it, so. Funny enough, I was supposed to do these gigs next week with Vinnie Vincent, the promoter who booked them, that just got canceled by Vinnie. Uh, was uh, his real job is he's a speaking agent. So, but since you know, he hired me, I've been working with him, you know, on these gigs with Vinnie until he canceled it. But when I found out he was a speaker agent, I told him what I'm trying to do, and he said, "No, oh, man, I could definitely help you." So, so that may be my in. Yesterday, I did a, my first speaking gig for the Fullerton uh, Rotary Club, Fullerton, California Rotary, a luncheon. You know, yeah. and uh, it went really well. He came down with a camera and videoed it, so he's now putting together a promo video, and he's going to start pitching me to for different, uh, you know, occasions, you know, events. So I really like to do it because to me, it's just a graduation of clinics. Because, you know, it's the same thing you do with clinics. You teach people how to do something, and you talk in front of an audience and demonstrate. And they'll have a set of drums. I'll play a little drums, and 
you know, get the audience involved in some of the things I do and how to focus and, and uh, get them clapping their hands at the beginning. And I'll play a set of drumsticks on a microphone to the hand clapping. That's what I did yesterday. And it loosens people up, you know? Yeah. Well, hey, crack jokes. Yeah. Crack jokes make people laugh, but teach them something, you know? So yesterday I taught them how the music business works uh, and yeah. how I survived in it for 52 years. 52 years. Jeez, what a number. I, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, you know, p yeah. people <laughs> people would love to have a 10-year career in the music business. Let me remind everyone to buy Guitar Zeus, and that's uh, Carmine Apiece is our very special guest. Uh, Frank yeah, Martin. and you can get it. You can also get it on my website, CarmineApiece.com, -E and we'll send it out to your autograph as well. That's great. and As well as, as well, I still have my book on, on my in my autobiography, which did okay last year, it went to uh, number 30 on the Amazon charts. And uh, so that's a stick at my life of sex, drums, and rock and roll, which I really tell it all. You know, no I holding back. Yeah, no, I read oh, it. Oh, you read honest. it. Oh, you yeah. read it. So there you go. Yeah, I bought it. I bought your book. Let me yeah, remind so you. They can get that on my website, too. And I can Breaking it down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. Well, let me remind folks that may have stepped away of who our guest is. Welcome back. First of all, uh, our guest is Carmine Apiece, a wonderful, legendary drummer and author and, and speaker. And uh, Guitar Zeus is the name of the CD. You can get that. Uh, anywhere they sell uh, good records. You're going to be able to get it on vinyl uh, and everything else. But he has a cast of characters that is unbelievable. Uh, for everyone from Brian May from Queen and uh, Vi uh, Vivian Campbell uh, from Dio fame, Whitesnake and Def Leppard. And, uh, everybody you can met. Bumblefoot, John Norum. Oh, yeah, I, forgot, I forgot he was in Whitesnake. Yeah, he was in Whitesnake. Right. And uh, yeah. I, I, I mean... It, if you do the, if you think about it, if you did the six degrees of separation of guitar Zeus, you'd touch everybody in the music business. There wouldn't oh, be a everybody. single bit. It'd be everybody, totally. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, you alone. I mean, everything from Rod Stewart. What, what about uh, anybody like that? Did you, did you get any kind of contribution from, uh, uh, you know, vocally from anybody or, or even, you know? No, no, I just kept the vocals to Kelly to keep the sound of the album. Yeah. The only vocalist we did was Doug Pinnock. You know, Rod, Rod Stewart wouldn't fit into this into yeah. this kind of music. But, you know, Rod did me a favor and wrote the intro to my book, you know. Yeah. And it's a great book. Let, let's, if you don't mind, give again, I know you said right before we, uh, right before we reminded everybody, uh, just uh, let everyone know where they can get the book. It's it's terrific. It's honest. It's Well, I can get, they can get it on Amazon. They can get it on Barnes & Noble. They can get it on my website, autographed. Yeah, at the normal place you buy books. Uh, if Barnes and Noble don't have it, they could order it. But you can get it on Amazon. Amazon has it all all the time. You know, I started saying earlier. You know, I'm impressed by the logistics and and everything that you're juggling. You, you're like self managing everything. You got all these pros. You got Ann Layton, and you got uh, you know Munzee, and you got all these different. Well, well, funny enough, I have I have a few different managers I work with. You know, I'm also um, producing and co managing. A new band, you know, you heard this band, Greta Van Fleet? Yeah. You're yeah, involved. well, they do, they're, they're like sort of Led Zeppelin, 
Well, I got a new band that's 17 to 21 years old. The guitar player just turned 17, and they do Van Halen kind of music. What, okay. what are you doing so, with them? You're producing them? I'm, co- I'm producing them, co-producing them, and, and co-managing. Wow. I have a friend of mine who's another manager. He's the guy that actually put all the deals together for Guitar Zeus in the 90s when nobody else could. He did it, you know? And uh, so he, he actually did that. And he's co-managing with me. We have a, a good plan for these guys, you know? And uh, they played with me at the NAMM show the other night uh, at the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame Awards. Me and my brother Vinny played. And... Uh, and we had them open up, and they people loved them. Some some a big manager offered them to do the Wacken Festival. We're just trying to solidify that with them now. But you know, I think they're gonna they're gonna happen. They got really good songs. I've been helping them with the songs and the hooks, and the songs are really good. And uh, yeah, so I work with different managers, like uh, with Vanilla Fudge and Cactus. I have one manager, Bruce Pilato. Uh, the guy managing this guitar this thing is, is Robert DePaul from Primary Wave, you know. Mm. And uh, then when I was working with the Rascals last year, they, they had their own manager. Now that manager is talking with Mark Fawner about doing a super group with me, him, me, Mark Fawner, and Kip Winger as, as, a, as a start, you know. And, and just, I, I, a, just like corporate gig kind of gigs you know that's interesting about mark fauna remember i i, I thought there was I, I heard rumors about about you with something to do with grand funk or uh or, oh or well, that, well that's probably maybe that's, that's what you heard yeah. but it's only just happened last week yeah well you know? i just heard this it's the only, other day it's just a, a text i just had a text from him last week yeah so you know, i told him i'm definitely interested I, lo- I love mark he's a great talent good to talk play nice guy you know, he's a Christian guy, really, really good, a nice guy. And his son just died. It was terrible. Oh, you know? Jeez. You know, I, I love him. He's, you know, I know him for a long time. In 1969, they opened up for Vanilla Fudge in, uh, at the was it, Miami Pop Festival. You know? Yeah. And they went on before. Then they went on to play Celestia Stadium. It's amazing, you know? Yeah. By the way, uh, so did Led Zeppelin open up for Vanilla Fudge, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people open up. So did Frank Zappa. So did Sly and the Family Stone. So did Three Dog Night. So did uh, Cre- uh, Creedence Clearwater. Yeah. It, you remember well, that first everybody. gig? I, I, I've had everybody from Vanilla Fudge on, on my show a couple times at least. I love Vanilla Fudge. Uh, right. I always ask the same question. Do you remember the first time you saw Zeppelin? Because yeah, you, you, yeah. As a matter of fact, not only remember it, we paid half the fee for them to be on it, and we didn't need them. It was already sold out, and the promoter didn't want them on there. And you know, I said it was sold out. I don't want to pay fifteen hundred dollars for them, and it sold out. I don't need them, so we paid seven fifty, and he did. And they were on, and when we saw them, we were knocked out. We said these guys are going to be big, but we didn't realize how big they were going to be. Uh, they went really big fast. I mean, what did they remind you of when you saw them? Did it remind you of anything or, or did you? Just... No. Well, the, the closest thing would be the Jeff Beck group. Yeah. Closest thing, you know, with Rod Stewart and Jeff yeah. playing the role right. like, like, uh, like Man, Robert Page. and Jimmy Page. But yeah, Rob, uh, Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck grew up in high school together. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. So. They got that Yardbirds, uh, that lineage. I mean, yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. Let, let me remind folks once again, Carmine Apiece is our very special guest. And again, we've been talking about Guitar Zeus. Everyone buy this. You can get it on vinyl. Um, 
you know, every everyone you could imagine. Yeah, the vinyl is being printed right now, so we're, we're we're trying to not release everything at once. You know, yeah. First, we release the roll it out. The, um, yeah, roll it out. We did the Spotify, then we released the CD. Now, then we're releasing the the video, the lyric video. Next is the vinyl. After that, there'll be another lyric video. You know, yeah. Keep it moving. Yeah, keep yeah. it moving. Go back to the band you're managing. I, you know, I I have to imagine if these guys these guys are smart, they've got to be thrilled that Carmine a piece. Oh no, they're is very managing. they're very thrilled. Yeah, yeah. The, the name is Kodiak after Kodiak. the bear, and then, you know, and you know, okay. I've I've got like I did the logo with my web guy. We put bear claws in the logo, and now those bear claws, those three or four bear claws, they wear on their face. Yeah. You know, like yeah. like a little tattoo. Yeah, you know. And, uh, you know, we, we got scrims that have the bear claw on it. We got t-shirts with just bear claws. We got t-shirts that say Kodiak. So we're already, you know, getting the marketing together for them. And we got a plan that, you know, in the next couple of months, they're going to be having, they're going to get music out, whether it's on a, a big, uh, big label or on a big indie. You know, we've already set the plans in motion last night, you know? Yeah. What do you, what do you think they sound like to you? I mean, you heard everything. They sound like they sound like a young Van Halen. Oh wow! Well, the singer's sort of between David Lee Roth and and uh, and Sammy Hagar. Well, and the backgrounds are like you know they have backgrounds like the old Van Halen, you know, and the energy is like the old Van Halen. The guitar playing playing is similar to Eddie Van Halen. You know, like he's not as good. I mean, he's a kid. Right? Yeah, he's only seventeen right. years old. It's <laughs> a kid. Well, but he will be. Yeah. Once he, once he gets out there and starts playing more, you know, they did one gig in Dallas on the way out to L.A. Their first real big gig was with us, and they did tremendous. You know, how do you come across somebody like this? Did somebody approach you about it? Did they shock no, you? No, this is an interesting story too because it has a story. Ten years ago, when the drummer was 11, he won a contest, and the winner in the contest got to pl- got to teach in my Realistic Rock for Kids instructional video, right? And he won, so he taught in the video. So we spent three days in Manhattan shooting the video, and he had his whole family came. He's Italian, wow. you know. So the whole family came: the mother, the father, and his six-year-old brother who played guitar. He said, oh, my brother plays guitar at six years old, so what, what am I going to think? Yeah, uh, Good, okay. You know, but the kid was good. You know, he wasn't amazing, but he was good. Well, and then through the years, he'd always come to my shows. I always told him to take lessons. He took lessons from a friend of mine who's a good teacher. And he taught him well, and he's been practicing, and he became a good drummer. He put different bands together, and once they had a trio with the, where the brother was singing, you know, the guitar player brother was singing. Now now he's playing pretty good guitar. But all of their songs that they played always had like a little bit of a Van Halen overtone. You know? That's not a bad so, thing. That's yeah. And they were doing punk music. And I told him, your brother can't sing. You need to get a singer. They went through two singers. They found this one guy. And then they did demos. They, they were working with an attorney that I work with. And he was trying to help them. But, you know, he's an attorney. He was doing was charging them money for nothing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then the last batch of singles, the demos they sent me, it sounded a lot better. They had a really good singer, definitely had the Van Halen overtones. And then after they called me, they said, I think we want to do, like Greta Van Fleet did Led Zeppelin, we want to do that, with, turn our songs into more Van Halen. 
What do you think? I said, that's a great idea because all the labels are going to be looking for this now. And it's true. Yeah. So when I took up, so I, so I started working them, working their songs and changing the guitar parts and changing the vocal parts and just basically rewriting and rearranging it. You know, so it's more to the point. Cutting off, the same thing I did with guitars is with Kelly Keeling. I cut off the fat like a butcher, you know, <laughs> and, and made the songs more to the point and more hooky and, and more memorable. And, and before you know, we had two really, really good songs. And at the beginning, one of them, I said, look, Chris is the guitar player. Chris, just do it like an Eddie Van Halen thing by yourself at the beginning of the song and then, and then do a, you know, a dive with the whammy bar and go into the song. And he did that, and it sounded like Eruption. You know what an Eruption is? Yeah. Do I know what well, Eruption is? Well, well, Eruption was ripped off from Cactus. No kidding. It was a song called Let Me Swim. It's exactly like that. You know, we hit the chord, we go, guitar thing, then we go, bam, 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 and more guitar. They ripped it right off, and they called it Eruption. Okay, so now, people I heard say, well, it sounds like Eruption. I said, that's good, because I'm producing them. They ripped Cactus off of Eruption. Now these guys are ripping them off for Eruption, so it's gone in a circle. Yeah. So there's a story to these guys. So they're brothers, the guitar player and the drummer are brothers. You know, and now the guitar player is 21 and the brother is 17, just turned 17. The other guys are 19 and 21. They're a young band and they kick ass. They write good songs, good lyrics, you know, and they, they have five songs ready for an EP. I got my guy that mix it, that, that mixes all my stuff. He mixes uh, the guitars, some of the guitars and stuff. He's a great mixer. He's done Pat Travis. He's done uh, Vanilla Fudge for me. He's done other things for me as well. He's a great mixer and even played some guitar on the, the song with Bumble, Bumblefoot, so I needed some more heavy guitar. So he's involved as well. And uh, so we got a good team going. We got a good lawyer, got me, my, my co-manager, me producing, and my co-manager knows all these label people. So Again, the voice you're hearing is Carmine Apiece, legendary drummer Carmine Apiece, and you know his work from uh, Cactus. Uh, we, we, we might... We might play a gig in Long Island with, with Kodiak. This this guy from uh, the Shark Radio, you know, the Shark yeah, Radio, yeah, Stu. Of course. Yeah, Stu called me and said he, he's working on getting Vanilla Fudge to play a gig in a in a park there. We're also playing June 26th at the Bolton Center um, with Vanilla Fudge. And, and he said, now I want Kodiak to open the show, to be on the show, because I played him some tapes. You know, I played him some music at, at the Vanilla Fudge, uh, my father's place show a few months ago. And he loved it. So he said, I want Kodiak on the show. I said, great. So I gave him a price and he said, that's reasonable. And so hopefully if we do it, Kodiak's going to be on that show too in May. You, you know what you could do quickly with them and just because of all your contacts. And again, I'm going to remind people to buy Guitar Zeus. Uh, it's got everyone from Brian May to Ty Tabor to uh, John uh, uh, John Norland, uh, uh, John McEnroe, yeah, yeah, right, John McEnroe, John Steven John Norum, John yeah. Norum, Stephen Seagal, Vivian Campbell, McMars, Edgar Winner, Ingve Malmsteen, Steve Morse, Richie Sambora, wow, Elliot Easton, wow, 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 uh, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable, and more, yeah. and more. Yeah, again, Frank McKay here with Carmine Apiece, and we're talking a little bit... Uh, How about Ted Nugent? I forgot Ted. Three tracks, right? He did three, three tracks? I got two tracks with Ted and Dweezil Zappa. 
you know, hey, it's really, the, really good record. By the way, Dweezil is, I, I, turned out to be an amazing guitar player. And, right, he's, and, amazing, he's an amazing guitar player on this record. Yeah. When we, when we recorded him, he was just Frank's son. Wow. But I liked him, and I, I gave him a break. And Doug Aldridge is on it, too. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's it, it's unbelievable. It's endless. And when Doug, when Doug was on it, he Doug Aldridge played on it. He wasn't known in America yet. He was only known in Japan a little bit. But he hooked me up with the manager to put it all together, so I put him on as a favor. And now he's done really well for himself. Is there anyone who didn't make the cut, and I don't mean that in a disparaging way, but is there anyone who... You you were thinking, hey, I got to put this on, and then you said, geez, I you know I don't have room for it. I'll, you know, you got room. Well, for yeah, it. I wanted I wanted to get Steve I and Jeff Beck on it, and I didn't have room. Wow, you imagine not having room for those two guys? I know. I said we'll do the next one. Well, and the next one, I already got commitments of people owe me favors. Like Steve I wanted to do it, Michael Schenker wanted to do it, so I know those two guys will be on it. I mean, this might turn into a series, right? I mean, if it goes well, you can well, do the same Well, thing. it is a series now. It's, a, it's already been a series, and, and now we're releasing the whole series on Spotify, 32 tracks. And maybe, you know, maybe if it goes well, we'll do a, a, a series on CD and vinyl and put it all together in like a big box set, you know? Yeah. Well, listen, we got a couple moments left with the, uh, the legendary Carmine Apiece and uh, musicians. All over the place, especially drummers, know this man's work for 52 years in the business. Uh, and again, Vanilla Fudge, Zeppelin opened for them. I think the first, was that that first American gig? Uh, the first American gig ever, yeah. It was Led Zeppelin opening for Vanilla Fudge. Frank McKay right. here with Carmine Apiece. Wow, just think about that. I mean, the first, you know, and uh, what was the Well, and you know, what's really funny about it, nobody knew who they were. Nobody knew John Bonham. I, I was telling Robert Planner she moved around more. Right. You know, it's, it's funny as hell, you know? Yeah, but it, the thing the thing that's amazing is they didn't have anything like the fanfare that the, the Beatles, when the Beatles came here, they laid no, it. Like, no, you know, no, Led Zeppelin was nobody knew who they were. No, there was nobody. They never, ever released a room. I mean, a, a record, sorry. Yeah. Wow. Just just amazing. And and, and you got it right away. I, I know, look, I, I know there were a lot of people that uh, that saw them early on and, uh, and and either you know they commented that they were too bluesy or they were this, but uh, you know the critics uh, you know I, I got behind them, uh, I guess kind of quickly. You would remember better than I would, but uh, you guys always seem to have the critics on your side. Am I remembering that correctly? And again, well, vanilla fudge, yeah, vanilla fudge, yeah. Not really. We always had the critics against us, actually, because why we we didn't write our own our own music, you know, songs. We even though we wrote our own music, which was intros and outros and arrangements, which which our music alone was used in in movies, but we never got paid for it because it was attached to another song. Yeah, you know, but but that's the critics. You know, weren't into the fact that we music. You're talking about, like, Keep Me Hanging On. That was a huge hit, and it was a complete different version than anything else. You yeah, know. like, here's a, for instance, it, it it was on the final episode of Sopranos. It opens up with our intro with the organ. That's right. And it goes oh, in, my gosh. And the next time you see it was, a, was the, the end of that intro, and no singing yet. So that music was ours. Yeah. Is and the third, time, the third time when Phil was getting killed, Yep. Then they finally sang the song. So two, so two out of three of the times it appeared in The Sopranos, it wasn't the song you keep me hanging on. 
It was our interludes, we call them. Yeah. But wow. we never got paid for that because it was attached to the song. So now lately we've been, we've been copywriting arrangements, copywriting interludes. So if we get put in a movie and something with just our interludes, we want to get paid for it. Did you, get, you didn't get paid for the finale of The uh, Sopranos? Yeah, we got, we got paid as the artist. We didn't get paid as a, a I got writer. You. Right, right. You know, there's songwriting and then there's the artist. Yeah, we right. got paid as the artist. No kidding. Wow. Well, listen. Yeah, so that really sucks because, you know, we wrote that music. I mean, I was watching the, the movie called um, Zodiac. It was about the Zodiac killer. Yeah. You know, and uh, and the movie, I was watching it and this guy was getting killed in a taxi. And I hear this music. I said, what is this music? I know this music. What is this? It was the intro for our first album, the song Bang Bang. Wow. It was all our music. It had nothing wow. to do with the song. And guess who they paid the songwriting to? Sonny Bono. <laughs> His estate. Wow. Right? Jeez, you imagine? And, and Atlantic never let us know, you know, when the, when something comes in, like, uh, you know, they're going to do this, they're going to use this part. And we can uh, say to them, hey, look, that's our music. It's not, that's not a copy written by Bang Bang. It has nothing to do with the song. You know? Yeah. And then we could at least fight to get our payment. You know, but... After it's done and done, we got paid, and you know, and Sonny Bono got paid the, the publishing. You know, well, I guess we can go to I guess we can go to court, but you know, I mean, it costs more to go to court than you're going to get. Right, and if you lose, it's just a, it's just a loss. It's just a financial loss. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, let, so. listen, let, let me congratulate you on on just 52 incredible years uh, of a career. But uh, Guitar Zeus is unbelievable. The release of Guitar Zeus, it's been out for a while, and it did great all all around the world but now it's finally here uh, i want to thank you for being yeah. here i know i kind of caught you off guard here but uh thrilled to have you as always common uh, carmine and uh, uh just yeah. an amazing amazing career thanks well, thank uh, you and, and you know what the, you know what the funny thing is i keep getting all these scam calls on my phone yeah you know sometimes they just come to his phone numbers so i didn't recognize the number but i said oh it's a long island Maybe it's one of my friends. So I answered it. Well, yeah. Otherwise, I otherwise I normally don't answer it. So it's pretty funny. Well, yeah. Make sure you 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 save it. Save it as Frank McKay there, so you don't think you're getting scammed when uh, when I call you next time for the follow up. So yeah. Hey, so what is what's your Frank? What Frank? What McKay? I'll get I'll get that all to you. McKay. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, call mine. Well, you can tell you can text me on that. Text me your your email and. And the phone number, your name, and I'll put it in the phone. This why I have it next time. Uh, listen, thrilled to have you. Thank you very much for being here. You're the best, and uh, uh, congratulations. Thank you, uh, Thank you bro. Guitar Zeus. Guitar Zeus. Name Check it out. out. Get it. Okay. Everyone, buy it. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking the